0: Well, the Lord be praised today, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, We have been invited into, welcomed into, ushered into an impossible life. Humanly speaking, one cannot fulfill this call by human might, by human power. This impossible life we've been called into, called to live requires strength that no man or woman can conjure on their own. The New Century Version reads, you will not succeed by your own strength or by your own power, but by my Spirit. The call of Jesus Christ is laid out on the pages of Scripture. Matthew 16, verses 24 to 27, Then Jesus said to his disciples, and he would speak to his disciples today, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And then he will reward each according to his works. It's impossible life. We've been called to live. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You might ask, How is this impossible? Would Jesus ask us to do something, to live something that is impossible for us? The answer is yes. He asks us to live a life that is impossible for us to live without divine strength. You know, Christianity is more than a set of principles, a catalog of guidelines. It is more than a set of motions, apart part to be acted out. It is not an add-on, homeowner improvements to life. True Christianity is a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. True Christianity is the answering of His call. It is the coming after Him, the denying of self, taking up one's cross, and following Him. In this is the giving over of one's life, one's everything. Holding nothing back, giving all to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Holding back nothing, no parts, no pieces. It's complete surrender. Christianity is the greatest life. It is the way of greatest joy and the means of greatest reward. And yet, it is the way of greatest trying, of greatest testing, of greatest enduring. Does this sound humanly impossible? Let's carry on. You know, I would venture to say that according to the Word of God, if we can, quote, unquote, live Christianity in our own strength, we are living nothing but a form, denying the power. 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Now, knowing the context of this verse, still, it fits Listen to the call of Jesus once again. Back to Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples. Can you hear him today? If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, question mark? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. The day approaches. What if I was to tell you that we cannot carry our own cross? That you cannot carry your own cross? Now, I would like to interject here before continuing and say this. It is in the coming after him, the denying of self, the following of him that the carrying becomes possible. Even here, in these, we find strength that is not our own. We are not just talking about mimicking Jesus, a human attempt at copying steps and behaviors. Church, we cannot carry our own cross. I know that this is an impossible life. It's an impossible way for me and my own strength. We need strength that is beyond us, yet for us. The book of Matthew, chapter 27, beginning at verse 9. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him, not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas? Or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas to destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail, he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be upon us and our children. Insane. They needed his blood upon them, but not in this unholy manner. Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers, the governor, took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. Now as they came out, they found a man, a Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to the place of Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. Everything we just read is true. What is this? We've just read the words of verse 32. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. The Gospel of Mark, Mark 15, verse 21. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. Reading from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 23, beginning of verse 26. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus and a great multitude of the people followed him and women who also mourned and lamented him but Jesus turning to them said daughters of Jerusalem do not weep for me but weep for yourselves and for your children for indeed the days are coming in which they will say Blessed are the barren, wounds that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? It's all true. What does this mean the mentioning of another carrying the cross of jesus what does this have to do with us well church it shows us that we cannot carry our own cross jesus did carry his cross the exact distance that day I'm not sure. We know he carried his cross in this life as he lived as Emmanuel. God with us, God in flesh among us. Yet even in that, he did not carry it by mere human strength. We know his reliance upon divine strength. We know his connection His intense and intimate and unbroken and perfect connection with the Heavenly Father. We know His connection with the Holy Spirit. We know His pattern of prayer and fasting. Jesus. If anyone could carry His cross, it would be Him. You know, it's incredible what he went through for us. It's incredible what he went through. It's unbelievable what he carried for us. It's inconceivable that more don't answer his call. It's remarkable that he calls out to wretched humanity. It's unthinkable the things done when the wood is green. Reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, the message paraphrase. Who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? It was our pains He carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. It was our sins that did that to Him, that ripped and tore and crushed Him, our sins. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on him. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. Think of all he felt and carried. The weight of it all. And to accept and endure the wrath of his father against the wicked and wickedness. It's incredible what he went through. It's unbelievable what he carried for us. It's inconceivable that more don't answer his call. It's remarkable that he calls out even today to wretched humanity. Jesus Christ lived a perfect, sinless life on this side of eternity. He carried his cross, relying on the strength of another world, showing us how it's done. How serious the call is. Showing us how to do it, calling us to come after him. to deny self and to follow Him, to carry our cross in this world. And now the time had come, the moment in time when Jesus' cross, a time when the cross Jesus carried manifested itself in a different way. Perhaps we've seen the depiction. Jesus having carried his cross towards Golgotha, Skull Hill, Calvary. Falling to the earth, falling under the weight of it all, our beaten, bloody Savior. Listen to these words today. Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. However, Jesus could not carry his cross, and neither can you. As Jesus bore his own cross to Golgotha, led by his tormentors, he was too weak and frail to carry it for long. When he had reached the end of his endurance, his cross was laid on another's shoulder. The Bible doesn't tell us how far Jesus carried his cross. But we do know Simon the Cyrene was compelled to pick it up and carry it to the place of crucifixion. What does this mean to us? Would our Lord make us do something he could not do? Did he not say, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple? A cross is a cross, be it wooden or spiritual. It is not enough to say his cross was different. Our cross is spiritual. Personally, it gives me great hope to know that Jesus could not take up his own cross. It encourages me to know that I that I am not the only one burdened down to the ground at times, unable to go on in my own strength. Jesus knew exactly what he was saying when he called us to take up our cross and follow him. He remembered his own cross, and that another had to carry it for him. Why then would he ask us to shoulder a cross he knows will soon crush us to the ground? He knows all about the agony, the helplessness, and the burden that the cross creates. He knows we can't carry it all the way in our own strength. There is a truth hidden here that we must uncover. A truth so powerful, it could change the way we look at all our troubles and hurts. It may sound almost sacrilegious to suggest Jesus did not carry his own cross, but that is the truth. God knows that not one of his children can carry the cross they take up when following Christ. We want to be good disciples by denying ourselves and taking up our cross, but we seem to forget that that same cross will one day bring us to the end of our human endurance. Would Jesus purposefully ask us, Ask us to take up a cross that he knows will sap all our human energies and leave us lying helpless even to the point of giving up? Absolutely, yes. Jesus forewarns us, without me, ye can do nothing. John 15, 5. So he asks us to take up our cross, struggle on with it until we learn that lesson. not until our cross pushes us down into the dust do we learn the lesson that is not by our might or power or strength but by his power that is what the bible means when it says his strength is made perfect in our weakness this is the call We're here today at the end of our human endurance. You come to the place, you sapped of all human energies, lying helpless to the point of giving up. Someone needs us today. And we will all need this one day. John fifteen five. without me, ye can do nothing. period. It's time we learn this lesson. It's time we admit the facts that it is not by our might, nor power, nor strength, but by his power, for his strength is made perfect in our weakness. The wood is green, receive the sap of the vine. At This time, We should read here the words of the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 10. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Then he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, can't you see it? Jesus, the Lord Jesus taking up Paul's cross. When he was at the end of the line, stopped of human strength, energy. Felt like he couldn't go on. It's so true that there is a truth hidden here today that we must uncover, a truth so powerful it could change the way we look at all our troubles and hurts. Changed life. Paul uncovered it. This truth so powerful, and it changed the way he looked at all his troubles, and all his infirmities. Have you not felt the weight lift in your life as Jesus has taken up your cross, carrying ahead of you that you might press on? Listen, Jesus always gets the lead. Let's have the worship team return a day. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. The life Jesus has called us into is not a life we can live in our own strength and by our own strength. If we can quote, unquote, live Christianity in our own strength... I would say today that we are living nothing more than a form, a set of motions acting out the part, a set of orders. He sees the heart. And he knows we can't hide it. He knows if this is all human energy human drive, to better life, to clean up, to try and make it. He wants us to draw on Him, to admit that we can't do it on our own. to function and live with that kind of humility, that kind of brokenness before him, not arrogant, but that our boast would be in him and in him alone. Are you there? You say, Oh, well, I don't need this message today. I guarantee you, you'll need it at one point. Every true disciple of Jesus Christ will get driven down to the dust. <laughs> They'll come to the point where they realize they cannot do this on their own, that human energy fails. They'll come to the point and they will admit, they will gladly admit that they are sapped of all human energy and human strength, that they are weak. Without him, true disciples of Jesus Christ don't boast of their own strength. They boast of his strength. They gladly say, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, Lord, by the power of your spirit, the strength of your spirit. It truly is impossible, for without him, I can do nothing. I wonder today, have you answered his call? Have you really answered his call? He calls to you now. He welcomes you into the most blessed life and the only life that will secure a holy eternity for you. I wonder, will you surrender your life to Jesus today? Come. Come to Jesus. The clock is bleeding time. Humanity claims time, though time is not in our hands. We push it off. We say there's another day, another week, another service, another opportunity. Time is not in our hands. We can claim we have all the time in the world. Only he knows. Surrender your life to Jesus today. We've read of all that he did. Are there any here today at the end of human endurance? Sapped of all energies, lying helpless to the point of giving up. You cannot do it on your own. None of us can. Sapped of all human energies, lying helpless to the point of giving up. It's not in our human strength, but I'm here to tell you today that there is one of impossible strength that can aid us. You got to draw on Jesus. You got to draw on the Spirit. You got to up the connection, the intensity, the intimacy with the Father. Unbroken and perfect. The power line. (laughs) Take care of it. You know, I want my children to know that it's an impossible life without him. Because I wonder how many children grow up in the house of the Lord, and they see the form and manner, the patterns of the parents, and therefore they just fall in line, going through the motions, acting out the part, Christianity is about more than that. Let the truth hidden be uncovered today, a truth so powerful. Let it change the way we look at all our troubles and hurts. Let it change the way we look at everything. None but Jesus. None but Jesus. I know the feeling of Charles Spurgeon. I, too, sometimes wonder that you do not get tired of my preaching. Because I do nothing but hammer away on this one nail. With me it is year after year, none but Jesus. Oh, you great saints, if you have outgrown the need of a sinner's trust in the Lord Jesus, you have outgrown your sins, but you have also outgrown your grace, and your saintship has ruined you. Let's stand. Come on, draw on divine strength today. Strength will rise as we wait on the Lord. Draw on divine strength today. Not by might, not by power, but by your Spirit, Lord. By the power of the connection with you. Let's strength.